Welcome to another episode of The Jump Around with Blake Udonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Today, it is finally here, the opening day of the college season, both men and women. Uh, I'm thrilled. I'm actually here in Maycomb, Illinois uh, for the Western Illinois-Mizzou matchup, but was joined yesterday on the phone by UCLA head coach Corey Close. So as you as you listen to it, this was recorded the day before, but figured we'd drop it today on game day. Corey took the Bruins to their first Elite Eight in like 20 years, uh, has had a really successful eight-year run at UCLA. So really looking forward to having you hear her thoughts. It was uh, it was interesting. I usually record these openings before I talk to the person, but now doing it retroactively, uh, it was... Um, it was a deep conversation, it, it, not one I intended to be that way, but we talked about some cool stuff. She was really open and vulnerable about a lot of uh, different things, including her, her stint at UCLA. So uh, I'll stop talking. We'll, uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back with Corey. This is The Jump Round. And welcome back to the Jump Around. Joining me, it is UCLA head coach Corey Close. Coach, thank you so much for taking some time out. Uh, when people are listening to this, it'll be the day of, but uh, you're joining me the day before your first big game, and I, I certainly appreciate it. I, I'm sure the excitement is high coming off a great season, right? No, I'm so excited, and thank you for doing this. I just think it's so cool how you're telling the stories of this game and different coaches and different perspectives and doing it in a unique way. So thank you for doing this. I think it's great for our game. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Coach. Um, we'll, uh, we'll get – like to turn the attention on you. So that's very nice of you, but we'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the spotlight <laughs> back around on you. Um, okay. Before we get into such a great season you guys had last year, I want to dive back to Santa Barbara, Corey Close. So I want to go way back to huh. the one that was still wearing a uniform. Like I want to go all the way back. And you had a standout career as a college player. And if I were to talk to 21-year-old Corey, you know, a week after she graduates, and I say, hey, in, you know, in 2018, where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? What, what does she say to me? Well, I'm definitely not going to tell you that I'm the head coach at UCLA. I'll tell you that for sure. And, you know, I, I think I, I really didn't even know I was going to be a college coach. I, I did actually start my career at UCLA. I was a restricted earnings uh, assistant coach um, in from 93 to 95 at UCLA. So that actually was my first job, um, which I'm really thankful for. But I really thought I was going to be a high school teacher and coach. Probably that's what I would have said is I, I knew I had a passion for teaching. I just didn't know it was going to be in the role of being a college basketball coach. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't have said that, but I probably would have said teacher and high school teacher and coach. It's so funny because that seems to be a relatively common thread amongst college coaches of, hey, I'm going to coach high school and, you know, that's yeah. going to be fine. What What is it that lures people in? What is it? What, why, why get in this crazy business? Because it's crazy. Well, it's sort of, I think it's a little bit addicting in the fact of that, um, it's so, I, I love the competitive piece of it. Um, you know, I was, I'm a competitive person and so it allows me to fuel that part of my personality. Um, but you know, it really is a unique time in these young women's lives. And, and I think that, um, you get sort of a adrenaline rush to be able to impact, I believe in such a transformational way. And I think the other part about it is that it's always changing. 
And, you know, I know we're going to talk about the season and the difference of this year's team and all that stuff coming up, but the reality for me is that every year you're, like, painting a new picture, and you and you can't just sort of roll out the balls and do it the exact same way every year. It's very stimulating and growth-producing in myself. And so I think those are some of the things that sort of keep me in it. Um, but I think above all, it's it's such a unique opportunity to teach, mentor, and equip young people. Yeah. And uh, it really is it's addicting to see them grow in such a cool way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you're right. We'll we'll get into that. And and but one thing, growth. That's a good word that you used. And I know for you in in your life, uh, your your faith is something that's important to you. And this isn't something I usually mm-hmm. bring up on this podcast, but mm-hmm. for you, <laughs> I, I know it is something that is important. And, and as you've grown with that, um, I was wondering if you could talk to me a little bit about. Uh, how your faith kind of has dictated your career path and how it kind of drives you day by day. Well, it's interesting. Right before, I, uh, you know, we were recording this podcast, I was um, recording these uh, things that we call Coach's Corner where we talk about our core values. And, you know, I was I was really thinking about just what, this is a calling for me, and it's not a calling in the way that it's, it's not, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's something that, fuels me, but it's about loving people, and I just think that it's, I don't want to do it in a way that's um, uh, just about me. I want to love people that are different than me, and it's hard to put into words how my faith impacts all this, but honestly, I, I believe it's what I'm supposed to do to love and impact people, and, you know, it's the standard I've set for my life, and, and so, but, you know, it's interesting. People think about um, oh, your faith, does that mean you have to, you know, how do you share your faith with your team and all these different kinds of things? But for me, it really is about, I just want to love people really, really well. And I want to love them in a principled way that reflects my faith. But, um, you know, my faith is the standards I've chosen for my life, but it informs how I love other people that are different than me and that maybe even disagree with me, um, you know, but... For me, it's, it's a calling to love people well, and uh, and that's really what I'm trying to do imperfectly, um, and I mess up a lot, and I have to ask for forgiveness to my team and my staff often, um, but that's true, the true desire of my heart is that my faith fuels uh, my desire to love, love kids and love my staff and, and just impact people well. Yeah, no, that's great, and and you know, you and I are now talking about it off air, but one cool thing that it started way back with with you and Sue Semmer out Florida State, the songs for rental cars, which ties into this faith mm-hmm. thing. Uh, probably something that most people don't know about, and I, I want you to talk about it because I think it's really cool. So <laughs> just tell us the concept well, and tell us the whole thing. Yeah, it was so fun. You know, Sue Semmer had such a huge impact on me, um, both as a coach but also just as a person. And, um, you know, she's a, a, a wonderful coach and a woman of faith that – um, impacted my ability to be able to coach and, and live my faith out the best way I can. But she, when she was coaching at Wisconsin, um, she started this mixtape. And literally, I was with her one time. It was the whole pause, record, you know, back and forth. <laughs> Most people don't even know what that is anymore. Um, but it was a, a mixtape of, um, you know, Christian music that she just gave out to her friends. Because at that time, we were on the road really about six weeks in July into August. Um, where we would be in rental cars this entire time. And so she had this idea that she would do this 
mixtape of, of Christian music just to encourage some of her friends while they were in rental cars for the month. And, um, you know, and now we've been doing this now, I think this was our 20, maybe our version 25 this year. And, uh, you know, when she became a head coach at Florida State, she passed on the responsibility to me. And then Shannon Perry on my staff has really taken it and run with it as well. Now we've gone from a mixtape to a CD, and now we actually have a playlist. Oh, that wow. is, uh, gets passed around. Watch out. We're going into the technology, wow. technological yeah, world. Yeah, we are. Yeah, exactly. I, I was a little bit surprised at that. <laughs> One of my student workers in our office had to teach us how to do it. But well, sure. even still, we figured it out. <laughs> and so now the last two summers we've had a playlist. But we just really want to encourage people. And, um, you know, I think so much of, you know, we have so much coming into our ears and our so much that we see. And if we can encourage people's hearts while they're out on the road, it's they really become a fun tradition. And I'm really thankful for Sue for starting it, and it's fun to carry it on. Yeah, no, it's I think that's so cool. It's so unique, and mm-hmm. uh, no, that's good. All right, let's uh, let's get into competitive quarry side. All right, let's uh, okay. Let's talk to you about you and you're you're heading into your eighth year. Um, you've gone one fifteen eighty six. Uh, by and large. You guys have gotten better each year and gotten a little bit further. You, a couple of years ago, you win the WNIT, and that kind of seemed to spur the the run that you guys are on. And then last year, a great run to the Elite Eight. I don't know what I mean. You talk about your expectations not changing year to year, and again, we'll we'll get into this year's team. But sure. was there any sort of? And I know you want to go to the Final Four, of course. Like everyone wants to go to the mm-hmm. Final Four, but making that leap into the Elite Eight where UCLA had not been for a long time was there any right. sort of sigh of, oh, okay, we got there? Yeah, honestly, yes. And no thanks to your wife's team. Thanks a lot for knocking <laughs> us out. You know, Mississippi State. But, um, but the reality is, yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, um, there was a sense of that. But really, I, I remember clearly looking out onto the court and I saw Jordan Canvas' shoulders just like this big sigh and then this huge smile. So there was almost like this relief and this joy all at the same time. And, and I, I do think as much as we didn't really want to talk about it or we didn't want to put that pressure on ourselves, I, I do think it was this underlying desire that we really wanted to make sure that we had gone further than anyone had ever gone. And, yeah. you know, I'm really proud of that group. They won their win loss percentage is the best it's ever been in the four-year period in UCLA history and not going to the Elite Eight since 1999. And, um, you know, there's all those markers, um, you know. But uh, so if I'm being honest, to answer your question, yes, it was a little bit of a relief. But, uh, you know, it's interesting how much our players teach us. You know, our mental trainer several years ago brought our whole team out into the center of Poly Pavilion, and and he said to them, what are the only two things that are going to be with you forever from this college experience? And they were like, ooh, I want a banner, I want a banner. And he said, well, those are great, but they just sit in gyms. And then they go, okay, give me a ring. I want a ring. I want a championship ring. He goes, well, those sit in cases and collect dust. The only two things that are going to be with you for the rest of your life from this experience is who you impact and who you become. And it was interesting because as relieved as we were and as um, excited as we were in that Elite Eight, to get, um, you know, when we lost the Elite Eight game to Mississippi State, in the press conference, Kelly Hayes referred back to that. And they were asking her about her legacy. And, and she was able, in the moment where she's really disappointed, her career had just ended, where she was able to say, legacy is a powerful word. But legacy is not just wins and losses. Legacy is not just 
what we've accomplished on the hardwood, good or bad, or disappointing or elated. It is about who we've become and who we've impacted. And her ability in that moment to reflect on that, and it was humbling for me because yeah. I was just like, wow, you know, that really is what it's all about. That's and as much as we want to be proud of the growth of our program, and, and I am as competitive as they come, and I don't sleep very well when we lose and all those things, and I'm a work in progress on that, but the reality is is that when it's all said and done, I want our deepest legacy to be on things that last. I want our deepest legacy um, to be that we help young women become something that they want to become and impact people they want to impact. And uh, I was so grateful that Kelly had internalized that, even in the midst of a disappointing moment where we really wanted to be in the Final Four. That's, I mean, that's one of those moments where you go, oh, okay, yeah, we're doing something, we're yeah. doing something pretty cool here. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Well, I'm around really cool people, I can tell you that. That's, yeah, fair enough. Um, well, you guys obviously lose a lot, and I know this has been the topic of discussion as you go through Media Day and everything else. But uh, So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the part of cynical UCLA fan, and then I want you to convince me I'm wrong, okay? Um, okay, all right. I mean... Coach, yeah, we made a run. It was great, but we lose Jordan Cano. We lose Billings. I mean, I just we're going to take a step back. I don't, I don't see any way around it. I mean, honestly, if we can, you know, if we even finish in the top half, it that'd be pretty good. We we lost so much between those two. I don't know how we can possibly overcome that. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, we, um, we we really talk about in our program that we're not born for this, we're built for it, and that we're building a new house this year, and we're building our own house. And so I don't really care what, to be honest with you, um, as much as I want to convince you, the reality is, is I don't really care what you think. Yes, <laughs> My <Gordon>. answer is... Yes, <laughs> You know, the answer really is, is that, um, well, you're not the one building it. So yeah. you can think whatever you want. But the most important thing is when I look into the eyes of, the young women I get a chance to coach and and the people I get to work alongside, it's important that I see in their eyes an expectant attitude that we're building a really special house this year. Now, the pieces might look a little different. The style might be a little different. Um, You know, it's a little bit different kind of picture. Um, But, uh, you know, the standards are not going to be lowered. And, you know, we are the only ones that really need to believe that. And, you know, we'll pick six in the Pac-12. That's what you said. If we finish in the top half, that'd be great. Well, you know, the reality is I don't really care who ranks us, who doesn't rank us, who picks us. And I know coaches say that all the time. But I really don't care. (laughs) I know that we may have some little things up and down at the beginning. We have a very challenging schedule. But what what message would I be sending to our team if I had a cupcake schedule, but I say we're expecting to build the same kind of house? They're not going to believe me. You know, back it up with your actions. Uh, If you you expect us to rise up, then challenge us with the best. And and so we want to have a culture that really, really does expect that, and they have to rise up to meet it. Um, Is it going to look different? Absolutely. Are we... I really, and people have been talking to me about replacing Monique and Jordan's points, to be honest with you. We are doing really well offensively. Um, we're, we're sharing the ball really well. Our percentage of assisted baskets is up. Um, you know, we have more versatility in our offense. I think there's less ball watching because we don't have them to bail us out, so to speak. And everyone's got to be ready to have ownership. Well, I miss them the most is on the defensive Yep. And, you know, you're talking about losing two-time player, the defensive player of the year, as well as the leading shot blocker in UCLA history. Um, I think that's where we're a little bit behind, where we're going to have to, as, as I talk about the analogy of building our house, 
our foundation has really been about our defense and our rebounding for a long time. And I would say right now our offense is ahead of where our defense is, and, and that's something that's a real switch for us. We've been really relying on our defense for a long time, and uh, I think that's something that's going to have to come along if we expect to keep our expectations the same. But don't feel sorry for us, Blake. You know, the reality is, is um, our cupboards are not bare. Michaela Onionware is a great player returning, and when you when you play out her minutes, she's ready to make a huge step up. Kennedy Burke, Lajanae Drummer, Lindsay Cassaro, um, you know, it's really going to shock people. Japrice Dean is really coming to her own, as well as a really solid freshman class that has actually really surprised me. So I'm just excited to build with this group. This, Lindsay Cassaro said after our exhibition game, she said this is the closest team she's ever been on, which is saying a lot. And... I'm really relying that over the course of the season, that chemistry, that love, that commitment for each other uh, is really going to build a very special house. That was a great answer. <laughs> well, thank you. I Seriously, appreciate that. that Are you convinced? A, I, I think, but I think you, know, you need to come to Media Day next year, Blake. I'm putting that out there right now. Wow. We're on air. I want you at Media Day next year. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All, right. All right. We're working on that. I All think, right. All right. I, I don't back from challenges. Very good. All right. Thank you. Okay, man. good. I okay. Appreciate that. All right. Um, just to your point, your your schedule is actually kind of psychotic, Corey. Uh, you got, <laughs> it is. Uh, even I'm like, psychotic, so it matches. Okay, fair enough. Well, some of these like small schools that if you're not paying attention, you go, oh, you glance over. Uh, Rice is phenomenal. You've got Georgia, yeah. Seton Hall, and then you go to the Virgin Islands. You go to St. Thomas, which is nice, but then you play... North Carolina, Kentucky, and South Florida back to back to back. So that's uh, I know that's a heck of a schedule. And then you come home, yes. get Indiana and Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's actually that's a little crazy. Um, but good for you. Yeah. No one can. Uh, I would say a lot of crazy. No one can uh, you know, accuse you of ducking anybody. Well, none of those are on the road. There, they, there's ones in the Virgin Islands are on neutral courts, and uh, we have a lot of confidence in, in playing at home. And um, you know, I, I'm hoping that we can squeak some things out and get better every time, but. You know, I, I really think this team, I, I really thought about this a lot in terms of the psychological challenges. I'm, I'm telling this team how much I believe in who they're going to become. And uh, then i got I got to be willing to put myself out there, yeah. um, but I also got to be able to put our schedule out there if I want them to really believe that. And the challenge is, is that, you know, you may have to deal with some disappointment. And honestly, the last time I did challenge a group like this was, um, Jordan Canada's in that group's freshman year and probably did overschedule. Um, but I, I don't think we're at the same spot. I think our culture is stronger. I think our um, expectations of success and understanding what it takes at these high levels is, is higher. So uh, I really am hoping that our players embrace that challenge and, and are willing to rise up to it. Yeah, absolutely. I am curious now that you've you've been there for so long, now that you guys have tasted the success at nearly the highest level that you can. Uh, what, for you, let me see, I'm trying to think out to word this how, how I want to. In the next four years, what is, I mean, if I, t- if I again, I, f- I fast forward into the future and I talk to you in 2022, 23, well, what, what needs to have happened for you to look at me and go, Blake, we did it. You know, it's interesting. This is where Coach Wooden's influence over me has really been instrumental. Because I, like anyone else, is tempted to say, well, you know, we haven't won a Pac-12 championship yet since I've been there, or I haven't 
been to a Final Four or won a national championship yet. And at UCLA, when you're in the top two in the country in national championships across the board, there's a lot of pressure for that. And, uh, you know, we haven't won one since 1978 here in women's basketball. And so, um, you know, the competitive side to me, if I'm being transparent, is like, i got to get there. And I'm a driver. By nature, I'm a driver. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, we got to figure out a way to get this. Um, but I remember Coach Wooden so clearly talking about that be careful that you are climbing that ladder so vigorously and don't get to the top of the ladder and realize you're standing against the wrong wall. Wow. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to be one of those coaches that defines it by that. And yeah. that doesn't mean I don't press for it. It doesn't mean my press for excellence is any less. It just means that I'm not going to be so wrapped up in the definition that that defines my abilities as a coach and or as a teacher or as an impactor of people. And, uh, you know, I, so it's a real tempting piece, you know, something that, uh, you know, uh, John Gordon always says, you have to learn to talk to yourself rather than listen to yourself. When I'm just listening to myself, sometimes I'm like, I got to get that championship. We got to get there. What do I got to do to make that happen? Mm. And, you know, um, but when I'm talking to myself, uh, I need to be committed to my process. I want to be committed to making sure that my ladder is standing against the right wall. And so it's a really hard question for me to answer. Do I want to be um, in multiple Final Fours and win championships? Um, without a doubt. And that will always be my standard when I'm trying to train up the habits of our team. We talk about championship habits. And I remember being with USA Basketball somewhere, and they're talking about gold medal habits. It wasn't just gold medal. It's gold medal habits. Yeah. Because, you know, the reality is the next day, I remember talking to Coach Wooden about his championships, and he, he, always, he always used to say that, you know, the, actually the day after the championship is really lonely. He's like, you know, it's a high and it's elated, but it doesn't last. It really doesn't last. It's yeah. really what you're doing. But, but what, what does last, he used to tell me, is he used to say, you know, what does last is when I see a player 10 years later having some of the habits of excellence that we were able to instill in them. What does last is seeing a player uh, have a more contented life and be in a better relationship because of the tools you gave them. And so um, I just really want to be careful that I uh, am – really just committed to being a transformational coach that I am I have made a commitment to the young women and their families that I will give them an uncommon transformational experience um, that is true to our values and that values them as the total women that they are and that actually doesn't lower my expectations of excellence on the court it actually raises my expectations sure. but it's just not going to be the totality of how I evaluate um, my success. Yeah, that I think that's great. I, I really, sincerely, I didn't know how you would take that that question. So mm. um, I'm always fascinated by that because, you know, I, I see coaches all the time where, you know, you you perform like crap, but you happen to win the game, and they're like, oh, we won. But I'm like, but but you shouldn't have like yeah. that, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and vice versa. I mean, yeah. I, I've coached in games where we played great and we just lost, and and you know. And people are mad or upset, yeah. and it's like, well, look, I wanted to win too, but let's look at how we lost. We actually have a lot to have our head yeah. up about. So, um, no, exactly. I, I think that's really interesting. Uh, that, that was um, that was a really interesting answer yeah. by you. Um, well, it's interesting. I, we had a real quick, sorry yeah, to no, interrupt please, you really please. fast. We had a UCLA uh, men's basketball alumni weekend last weekend, and several of the alumni back, and I was sitting around with Mike Warren and um, and. and you know, Keith Erickson and some of these really great, Bill Walton and, you know, all these people were around and, and I just listened to their conversations. I really was just privileged to be around, but, um, they just didn't talk about the, the championships. None of them. 
the whole we they just never talked about it and but they deeply talked about the relationships the impact on our character and uh, all those things and I, I just was such a good reminder because you know every I can do do coach speak with the best of them but to really be reminded of that of what really matters uh, it just was it was very inspiring for me going into the season and just was like a a good reminder to say, hey, remember, remember, Corey, what really matters. Remember what these young women are going to talk about in 10 years. And, and uh, you know, when Mike Warren is doing that and Keith Erickson is doing that and all these people that have done amazing things both on the court and off, uh, it was it was fun to hear their perspective. Yeah, nah, that's amazing. That, that's pretty that's pretty special stuff. Uh, last thing, and I'll get you out of here on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's funny because usually I let coaches kind of talk about their – you know, what the message is amongst the program or what people should look at their program. But I feel like you've covered that so well uh, with these other questions I've asked you. Um, So I think I'm going to try to go a different direction with you, if that's okay. Um, Sure. With with you, uh, when you look back on on everything you've accomplished and and everything, you know, and and you've you've had a ton of success and I'm sure a lot of great memories, is there... um, is there anything for you in particular that that stands out as just even if it's not basketball related, just just through this mm-hmm. journey uh, of of your life, what what's something that sticks out to you as being really uniquely special? And it could be basketball, like it could be a win, it could be somewhere you went with a team. Just what's what's something that sticks yeah. out? And that's well, a, that's completely I, you know, unfair. I, 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 I know that's, I a hard, that's a hard question. That's a terrible you, you, question. You, you uh, save the singer for the end. That <laughs> was very um, mean by me. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, that's okay. I, I think, you know, I've told this story before, but it has been so foundational to how I've built things that I, I have to tell it again. It's, uh, you know, when I was the fourth day on the job, this guy named John Bowley comes into my office, and uh, he was like the dribble for the cure guy, this community service thing we were involved in. And, and he didn't, and I'd met a lot of Coach Wooden's alum, and I had never met him, and he, he, he sits across from my table and he just launches in and he said, I've been married 38 years because of what Coach Wooden taught me. I've started three successful businesses because of what Coach Wooden taught me. I've conquered cancer three times because of the strength Coach Wooden gave me. And then I survived the death of my 12-year-old daughter because of the way Coach Wooden loved me. And then he walked out. Whoa. And I'm like, oh, my word. And then I went and looked him up. And he was a starting guard for two of Coach Wooden's national championship teams. And he played seven years in the NBA, and he didn't even mention them because it paled in comparison to the man he became. And that is such a fundamental uh, turning point for me and a clarity of vision of that's what I have to be committed to do. I need to create as many people that can have that story as possible, to, to create as many experiences, to me, as many transformational opportunities. And, and so when you ask me those memories and those things that really stand out, it's it's those times where I really see a player like get it. Like today after practice when Kayla Owens, I've been pushing her like crazy on her tempo and just the speed of things. And she goes and seeks out a coach and says, I need your accountability. Can you watch this? And, and I'm like, okay, all right. You know, because that's going to be with her a long time. And it's, I, when, when I say that, I, I just have these memories of people and, and experiences of when the light bulb moment goes on or when they get something on the court that that gets it for our team but also for them individually. And so it's really hard to narrow them down. But that's to the extent that I can live out that vision that John Bowley described in his own life, um, those are the special memories. But I also... I also refer back to, I always say it takes a village to bring a pro, uh, to build a program, just like it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to build a program. And 
I think about the people in my personal life, the village that surrounded me growing up that made me believe in things that I didn't even believe in at the time, that I could actually do this, I could get a scholarship. Most people told me I was too slow and too short, and they said, go for it, we believe in you, and then they continue to support me. And then I think about the village that surrounds our program here, when I when I coached at Santa Barbara, all the people that mentored me and, and were role models for me. And, and so, you know, when I talk about, when you ask me about special moments, I, I just get special people that keep popping into my head. And, uh, you know, I'm just really, really fortunate uh, to work with people that are smarter than me, to be around people that love me when I didn't deserve it, that in, gave me incredible role modeling and uh, investment into my life. And so uh, it's just sort of like, wow, uh, I have a lot to be thankful for. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's a long answer to a short question, no, Blake. I'm great. sorry to ramble no, on that, but the reality no, no. is it's about people. It's, it's about yeah. people for me and and uh, not only people that have poured into me, but people that have um, that have really given me a vision for what it means to have a meaningful career, and, and, and it's just to pour in the, the people that are different than me. Yeah, no, that is great. Uh, I, I loved your answer, so I appreciate that. And thank well, you for being so transparent and open with me. I, I It's funny, I did not intend this to be such a deep episode, but it just it kind of just went, <laughs> it just went that way, and I'm okay with it. So thank you for well, going on that I journey. I like to swim in the deep end. So, you know, people, my friends, uh, Sue Swimmerall, if she listens to this, she will crack up because they used to tease me that, um, hey, do I have to have a life preserver for this conversation? <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, hey, that's sort of what I like. Let's do something of meaning. But on all, just like I, I started this, though, Blake, we need more people that are excited to tell the stories of different women and different programs across the country. So uh, I really thank you for being willing to tell the stories. I got the chance to tell mine today, but more importantly, it's about growing our game and telling each other's stories. So thank you for what you're doing and keep on doing it. All right. Well, Coach, I appreciate you saying that and appreciate you being willing to share your story with me today. And um, when people are listening to this, uh, your opener will be today. It'll be Tuesday against uh, Loyola Marymount. So best of luck to you and your team this year and I, you know I, you know what I think about you you know the respect I have for you uh-huh. look forward to seeing you guys be I successful yet again coach alright uh, thank you my friend and we'll talk to you again soon thanks again to UCLA head coach Corey Close for joining me certainly a new look Bruins team this season and uh, I'm excited to see what they bring to the table Thank you for listening, as always, on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you listen on iTunes, if you could leave a rating or review, that would be greatly appreciated. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Blake Dudonis, with your your thoughts and comments. And I'm going to go get ready for this game day. I am so happy. The season is finally here. So looking forward to seeing some great games. Thank you for listening. Until next time, this is The Jump Around.